Good morning. Uh, will you pray with me real quick? I'm going to read the prayer again, prayer of illumination again. I like that one better than the one I had prepared. <laughs> Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your gospel is proclaimed, that we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. As is our custom, uh, when someone comes up here to preach, we immediately proclaim good news to each other. So with that being said, I say the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you for that. So my name is Andy. Uh, I'm part of the preaching team here um, at, at the table. Um, and um, if you if you spent about f- maybe 15 minutes with me, you know that March is probably one of my favorite months uh, in the year. And the reason why is because I am, I am a staunch uh, basketball fan. Uh, and before you, before you think, oh, here's another pastor that's going to do another sports analogy, just, just bear, with, bear with me. Just bear with me. Um, and the reason why uh, March or basketball uh, is so important to me, I grew up with it, I played it, and, uh, and a few years ago, my wife came up to me and she said, hey, uh, we're going to enroll Genevieve into this basketball league, little first, second grade basketball league, and you should coach. And I said, no, I shouldn't. Uh, I do not want to coach. Uh, so next thing you know, I'm on the basketball floor coaching these little girls <laughs> basketball. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's been a joy. It has been an absolute joy for me over the past few years to coach Genevieve. She's, she's back in the, uh, the kids' room. Um, and, uh, but I, but I, I have to be honest with you, um, not necessarily because I'm preaching, but... <laughs> But I have to be honest with you, one of the largest challenges that I have as a coach, uh, and even as a parent, one of the biggest challenges I have is the authority that I have whenever I'm coaching, okay? So I have, I have two girls uh, on my basketball team. Well, the basketball's over, but I had these two girls on my basketball team and whenever you coach basketball, you, you try to implement things in practice that you want to see done in a game. And I have two girls on my team that just would not implement what we learned in practice into a game. And so I have a choice as a coach to leverage the power that I have, that people have entrusted me, to make them do what I want them to do, Right? I have that choice. I have that power. I have that authority. And that's the, that's the problem that, that I have as a coach. Like, I can't, like, I just can't take fourth graders and, and scream and yell at them to do what I want them to do. I just can't. Like, like I can't. I would get fired. I would get kicked out. I would get arrested. <laughs> right? <laughs> And so, and so here we come to Mark chapter 11, 
And I'll read it to you, the, the, the verse that we're focusing on today, um, Mark 11, verse 8 through 10. It says, many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches that had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and all the people around him were shouting, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, blessing on the one on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest. I am here to proclaim to you today, friends, that the good news of this text is Jesus doesn't come into our lives as the ruler that we want, but he comes to us as the savior that we need. He does not come into our world as the ruler that we want, but as the savior that we need. See, The reason why the temptation is so strong for me to use my authority to get these girls to do what I want them to do is because I want to win. I want to be on the right side of fourth grade recreational travel basketball. (laughs) Like, I want to be on the winning team all the time. And I will leverage any, or the temptation is I want to use Every, I want to use my voice, I want to stomp my feet, clap my hands, do everything that I can to get them to do what I, what I want them to do. And I tell you what, friends, how many of us try to project this same desire onto Jesus? Whether it's trying to get our kids to behave or convince someone that you are the right person for the job, or trying to find some new friends, right? Or wanting your business to succeed. And so we call upon the name of the Lord and hopes he shows up somehow and gives us what we want. But, but today, friends, like, what we believe about Jesus, the one that came 2,000 years ago, shapes what you believe about yourself and others. So what type of king was Jesus? Uh, Was he the warrior God that destroys the powers that be and restores uh, David's kingdom that the Old Testament prophets talked about? Was he just an underdog waiting for his time to shine and take over the earthly kingdoms at the time? Uh, Was he a representative glory seeker playing hero for all the societal outcasts? Who really was Jesus? And what Jesus, right now, are you wanting to show up in your life? Uh, we read Zechariah earlier, um, so let's, let's take into context the, the type of Jesus that people were wanting to show up. So they heard uh, the scribes and the teachers all, uh, recite Zechariah uh, chapter 9. It says, Rejoice, O people of Zion! Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem! Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. I will destroy all the weapons used in battle, and your king will bring peace to the nations. And on and on and on and on and on it goes, talking about this new king that's coming to save the people. And then we arrive in Mark 11 in Jerusalem, less than a week uh, before Passover. 
where people gathered from uh, the, the bordering countries. And Jerusalem's population was usually around 40,000 people. And during Passover, with all the migration that happens, there, there's usually about 200,000 people come into that space. And not only that, two very distinct uh, kingdoms show up as well. From the west... You have the Roman governor, the Roman ruler at the time. His name was Pilate. And he came riding on his horse with his whole battalion of warriors, wielding swords and had shiny body armor, showing this sign of power, showing the presence of power. So you can, you can probably relate uh, to that um, back in 1989. Um, with the army tanks that came into Tiananmen Square as a sign of power and presence to try to control all the protests, okay? So on one end of Jerusalem, you have the sign of power and prestige. And then on the coming in from the east, you have a different type of king, one that is not riding on a, on a white horse. You have one that's coming in uh, on a donkey, which uh, I, I, <laughs> I try to relate this to things that are in my life right now. Um, so I, I'm going to relate the donkey to a 2005 Toyota Camry that has the ceiling coming down in it, uh, primarily because that's what I drive. Spencer, I know you drive the same kind of car. <laughs> so you have the tanks of Tiananmen Square, and here come, you know, here's the little Toyota Camry coming up against them. So, so anyway, but you have these people who are following this other king that's riding in on a foal. And they're saying, praise God. Blessing on the ones who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise in the highest heaven. You have Pilate's procession proclaiming the power of empire. You have Jesus parading proclaiming the kingdom of God. You have Pilate there to be a sign of power to make sure he could protect his power and sovereignty. Uh, And you have Jesus going there to redefine power because of God's sovereignty. One form of power leads to oppression, isolation, and fear. The other type of power leads to peace and forgiveness and a redeemed life. One pattern leads to a type of hell, and the other pattern and procession leads to eternal life. Remember, Jesus doesn't come to us as the ruler that we want, but as the Savior that we need. And on that day, with these two different types of processions in Jerusalem at the time, these two different types of kingdoms at the time, people had to choose, right? You side with the imperial power, or you side with a lowly rabbi who thinks he's God. And some chose the procession of Jesus, right? They waved their palm branches just like we did today, following Ben around, right? And they were cheering for the king who was prophesied in Zechariah 9. The messianic king who will conquer the oppressors and restore, uh, restore, restore peace. But what kind of king were the crowds really expecting? 
Well, I'll tell you, friends, you're in luck. (laughs) They were expecting a king who would overthrow the current rulers and shift power back to God's people. They wanted a king who got stuff done and got stuff done for them. They wanted a king to make all their wildest dreams come true of being back in power because they were God's people, right? I mean, finally, their king had arrived. They'd been dreaming for this type of king for years and years and years. A king who conquers the oppressors and returns Israel back to the good old days. But we know the rest of the story, right? In less than a week, in less than a week, from waving palm branches, ushering in a new kingdom, Jesus goes from the cheers of praise to the jeers of persecution. When Jesus didn't become the king they wanted, many turned on him. Even the closest ones. Peter turned on him. He denied him three times, right? Judas, one of, the, one of his inner 12 or 13, Judas turned him in. So if you were there in Jerusalem, on that day, which would you choose? Would you choose power and prestige and getting what you want? Or would you choose love? Would you choose the way things, the way things have always been or the way God intends them to be? He entered into Jerusalem on that day, right into the heart of source and right into the heart and source of power, and he continued setting the course to what it would eventually lead to his death. News fight Easter's next week, <laughs> so I hope I'm not ruining the entire story for you. Okay, so Easter's next week. Jesus does get killed. Okay. Jesus establishes a new pattern that leads to eternal life, and it's not through achieving the American dream or buying your forever home or hoping for a new body image, right? Or wanting your spouse to notice things that you do around the house all the time. (laughs) Or your wittiness to show people how funny you are. (laughs) Or yelling at fourth graders that their help side defense is terrible. <laughs> and that's why we're losing, right? And here, here's the thing, friends. It's holding those desires and dreams of power out just out in front of you long enough for Jesus to see them. For what they really are, for who you really are. Which to me feels embarrassing sometimes. It feels like death. (laughs) It feels like I'm dying. But know that he has been through it. He's been through it. He's a loving father and you can trust him. What you believe about Jesus shapes, shapes what you believe about yourself and others. So what kind of Jesus are you expecting to show up today for you in your life right now? So this is, this is how uh, I've been reflecting on this in my life. Um, so a lot of times my wife uh, has a way of um, communicating to me, uh, and um, it sets me off. 
as wives usually do, or sometimes do. And um, I was sitting at the computer. I had I had two opportunities over the past couple months of uh, um, uh, of a new job or the appearance of a new job, and they came and went. Um, and so one morning this week, I was just really frustrated. You know, it's like. Like, like, I'm smart. Like, I can get things done. Like, I can see things and, yeah. So, like, like I'm a winner, right? Like, I'm a good coach. I'm a good dad. And in that moment, I'm sitting there like, why, why, why is this stuff not happening? Like, why, why every time there's, I'm on the cusp of a new job or a new something, like, it just falls apart. And so that, that morning, I was just having a bad morning. And, uh... And so Carmen noticed it, and she comes up to me, and she's like, what's wrong? Or I, I mentioned something to her, I'm just having a bad morning. And, and she, goes, <laughs> she goes, well, what do you really want? And I'm like, Whew. And I said, well, what I really want is for you to leave me alone right now. <laughs> that's what I really want. <laughs> and she goes, well, that's what Ben and Matt would ask you. <laughs> And I'm like, oh boy, did we make a mistake by joining this church? <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, what, what I really wanted was not for her to leave me alone or ask me those questions. What I really want is for Jesus to show up in my life and make things happen, get things done. That's what I want him to do. I want him to, I want him to pave the way for my achievement right? So w- one thing I'm being, getting in touch with myself is my, uh, and I said it last week during, whenever we were, uh, after Deb preached, uh, um, after we, uh, the, the prayer that we say uh, as a response to the good news, and, I, and, and I, sa- I just said it. It was the first time I'd ever said it in my life. I said, um, I, I, have this, I have this unquenchable thirst for achievement, and what success looks like in every aspect of my life. It doesn't matter if it's coaching basketball or coaching volleyball or my marriage or um, uh, what, my, what my house should look like, the kind of car I should drive. Like, and I just thirst for it. Like I, it's just this unquenchable desire. And the challenge for me is I, I leverage my competencies and talents to try to get them. And whenever Jesus doesn't help me along the way, I get a little wonky. Emotionally wonky. That is in the Bible. Wonky is in the Bible. No, I'm, t- I'm kidding. But on the inside parts of my soul, I, uh, I get a little sad. And I just want Jesus to show up and do something for me. I want him to help me achieve something great. And that's why... For me, um, preaching is a really good discipline for me um, because it, it, it exposes me to the body of Christ in a way that I wouldn't normally do it myself. Like, uh, if I'm not achieving, I'm hiding. It's one or the other. <laughs> if I'm not successful, then I just kind of veg out on Netflix and, you know, and that's it. That's my life. So, Preaching is a really good discipline for me, you know, and, and to see, like, 
Ben and Deb here. Matt, you know, Matt's uh, on vacation. Um, but to see you guys here, you know, is really good for me. Because it, it helps me move through that shame that I have from the appearance of not being successful. It, it, I'm able to hold, out, hold it out long enough for the church to see it and still receive love. So what about you? What, what stirs in you about the Jesus that you want versus the Jesus that is? Do you want a Jesus that is putting more money in your bank account? Uh, do you want a Jesus that automatically changes all your friends so that they see you and want to hang out with you more? Um, do you want a Jesus that makes things happen, like gets things done? Do you want a Jesus that uh, <laughs> makes all the assault rifles go away? Or do you want the Jesus that protects your freedoms of maintaining your assault rifles? <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that on the news yesterday. How do you want Jesus to show up in your marriage? What type of Jesus do you want to show up? You see, friends, Jesus uh, enters into your Jerusalem, your source of power, goes directly into your wants. He redeems them and invites you to new life. And this is good news, friends. What type of Jesus are you expecting? So today we're going to offer a time to respond to the good news. Uh, in your booklets, you have, um, there's a prayer. It says prayers of the people. We're going to have a time to respond to this good news. Jesus comes into your life not as the ruler that you want, but as the Savior you need. So we'll take a minute uh, to reflect and contemplate on the type of Jesus that we're wanting to come into our life and, what <laughs> and the tools that we use in our arsenal to get what we want. So we'll take a few minutes to reflect on that, and, uh, and I'll lead us in the prayer.